Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Today's Thursday, August the 18th, and we thank you for listening to AFR. Joining me in studio is Fred Jackson. Morning, Tim. Good morning, Fred. Beautiful day out there. Yes, sir. Uh, Chris Woodward, good Good morning, morning. Chris. It's not a beautiful day for Ed Vitagliano, though. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Now, it is 72 degrees. That's nice. For him, but it's inside (laughs) the dentist's office. (laughs) We're spilling the beans on Brother Ed while he isn't here today. What is it, uh... Drill, baby, drill. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Fred. Anyway. I think that had to do with oil wells. Yes. (laughs) We just, we very much hope our brother Ed's experience at the dentist office went well this morning. If he goes in for, you know, something that involves a drill and oil comes out, Ed's not coming back. (laughs) I don't know. Did I just violate some kind of HIPAA laws or something with Ed? I don't know. Nah, no, no. you don't think he'll sue me or anything? That's okay. I, I, I'm getting my camera out this afternoon when he comes yeah. back to work. Yeah. Get that drool effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the numbing of the mouth and then you try to talk. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, hey, listen, we've all been there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the funniest commercials I remember, TV commercials, was uh, the one. I don't know if it's still on or not. I don't think it is. It's the one where the... The gentleman is waiting uh, at the dentist office, you know, reading the dentist office magazine, uh, waiting to be called back to the chair, right? Uh-huh. The chair. The chair. Um, the drill chair. <laughs> uh, and so he he's overhearing this uh, man shout, who's in it, who's also in an, in an office, and the man he's hearing is obviously upset about something. Mm-hmm. So, as it turns out, the man comes out of the his office, looks at the patient, the gentleman who's waiting, says, your turn, come on back. Well, it's the dentist. <laughs> so, the dentist is on the phone, <laughs> upset about something he's having a conversation about, and then is ready to drill, baby, drill. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. No. Anyway, you should. So it shows the the eyes of the of the guy of the patient who's waiting to go in. This is going to be a bad day. But yeah, I think I'll reschedule. <laughs> that's right. I think I, I'll come back tomorrow, sir. If that's all right, doctor. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. All right. A uh, lot to talk about today. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have a guest, right, uh, Fred? Yes, and a, and a just uh, you may have seen her on Fox News. Uh, she, Van Fleet, she is a lady who grew up in communist China, uh, eventually immigrated here to the United States, and has been very involved in what happened in Virginia last fall with the changing of the government there. She is from Loudoun County, which was kind of the epicenter of what happened in Virginia. Remember, the parents got found out what their kids were being taught in school. And uh, what uh, she, Van Fleet, is going to tell us is, Gee whiz, what they were being taught in school there in Loudoun County, a whole lot what she, like what she saw in communist China. So she's she's got a great story to tell, so stay tuned for that. Her name is spelled X-I. Yes. But it's pronounced 
Uh, in English, it's pronounced she. She. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted people to know that when we interview her at the bottom of the hour, uh, her name is she. It's XI. It's Chinese, right? You mm-hmm. said mm-hmm. Van Fleet. So that's an interesting combination. Yes, Van, Van Fleet would lead me to believe uh, Dutch. Yeah, background. So she. Well, we'll get, we'll get her to explain it. That's right. <laughs> how do you how do you how do you get the Chinese first name and Dutch last name? There you go. All right. Um, Chris, what's happening? Well, something that's happening uh, in about an hour from now um, is uh, news organizations are going to be continuing to push for the release of a document that would reveal why the Justice Department asked a judge to search former President Donald Trump's home in Florida. The hearing is later today. Uh, Stick with us for uh, coverage this afternoon on our top of the hour newscasts. But it's part of that continuing push for information. Uh, We've certainly featured a ton of people, including former uh, Justice Department attorney Hans von Spakovsky, saying uh, it's the responsibility of the Justice Department to let the public and politicians know why they did what they did. But the mystery still continues because they haven't been forthcoming with that information. Mm -hmm. Well, but that's not unusual, right? I mean, they don't usually, do, do, do judges usually release uh, affidavits the, the usual to the public? Is, the, the argument that's coming from the Biden Justice Department, uh, and you're right, Tim, it, it is the normal practice that they hold on to the information. While the investigation uh, is continuing, they don't want to disclose what was in the affidavit that the judge used to agree to the warrant. So my guess is the the media wants wants the affidavit released. They have their motivations for this. They believe there's some really juicy anti-Trump stuff in there, and they would love to do stories on that. Mm-hmm. Trump has also called for the affidavit to be released because he believes there is information in there that will prove his point, that this was politically motivated, and they went way beyond the norm. Also, there is the ongoing suspicion of this particular magistrate judge uh, that it is known that he has donated to Barack Obama, said nasty things about Donald Trump in his personal social media, and so there's a great deal of trust. My guess is uh, the judge will eventually say that, no, I'm not going to review to allow that affidavit to be made public right now. Yeah. One thing to point out here uh, is Senator Rand Paul. He was on Fox and Friends earlier today, and Senator Paul said the FBI needs to prove the raid was justified, and unless the affidavit is released, the FBI cannot regain credibility. Clip two. Well, you know, I think the burden is on the FBI to justify this raid. This is extraordinary. This is also the same FBI that used a foreign intelligence warrant to snoop on and spy on the Trump campaign to investigate them for over two years. So I think the burden really is on the FBI. They've been wrong in the past. They've broken the law in using these foreign intelligence warrants. Now they use a domestic warrant, but I do think they need to to release the justification for this because this is extraordinary and we should not lose sight of the fact this has never, ever happened before for a good reason because we need to have confidence in the FBI. We need to have confidence in our intelligence agencies that they're there to protect us and not to uh, go after people for political purposes. I agree with what he has to say. I'm just opt- not optimistic the judge is going to release it. Well, he might do a hybrid, uh, the judge might, and that is not release the full affidavit mm. in its uh, exact language, but rather redact it. Yes. 
Uh, is this solely the discretion of the judge? My understanding it is. I'm, they may be able to appeal that magistrate yeah. judge's uh, position. And, and does anybody here on this uh, panel understand the difference between a federal judge and a magistrate, quote, federal judge? Only lower in level. I didn't even know such judges, such offices existed. I just thought you had federal judges. But mm. a magistrate, uh, he, he's not uh, appointed. Uh, that's my understanding, yeah. that he is not I would appointed. defer to Fred on this. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that, answer your question. that question was asked very early on in this. Uh, how is it uh, that a magistrate, uh, that the Biden Justice Department would go to a magistrate to get this warrant? Uh, listening to Shannon Bream, uh, a lawyer host on Fox, and she said, no, uh, a magistrate can do that. Mm -hmm. So legally, he can grant that. So that decision by the judge is today? Yes. Well, they're having a hearing today. Mm. Most likely it's going to be an all-decide-later kind of thing. Uh, it could be today. Okay, so we had this. We have President Trump says release it, mm -hmm. and his lawyers say release it. Right. The Justice Department says, no, we shouldn't release it. Is, right. that, is that where we are? Basically. And, and we have seven or eight media outlets, Associated Press, New York Times. They're, they they're, they're they want saying, it released. Yeah they're, yeah, they're saying in the name of public interest. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, the just reading from USA Today here in their coverage, uh, the Justice Department is concerned this could cause, you know, irreparable harm to its investigation by letting the public know what a publicly funded law enforcement group is doing well, on their tax dollar dime. <clears throat> The longer this drags out and goes on without explanation from the Justice Department in more detail, then the longer, then the, the growing um, suspicion on the part of especially people who support President Trump is this is all a politically motivated witch hunt. I'm yep. just telling you, that's, unless that's quail, that's going to, now people who hate President Trump, the Democrats, the liberal media, They've already passed judgment on this. They, you know, the, this is Trump stealing government documents. This, this is the uh, narrative that they mm -hmm. want to, mm -hmm. they want to push. Here's the problem: the suspicion, <clears throat> pardon me, of the FBI didn't just start with this. <laughs> it goes back. That's what Rand Paul was talking yeah, about. Yeah, right it goes there. back six years. Right. At least there's a history. There is a long history mm -hmm. uh, uh, of this, and this is why people are. Suspicious. Uh, Tim, you sent this story out a few minutes ago. Former CIA director Michael Hayden <laughs> agrees Republicans more dangerous than extremist groups. So th this uh, this way, former CIA director Michael Hayden yesterday agreed with a British journalist's contention that Republicans were more nihilistic and dangerous than extremist groups and dictatorships around the world. Now, that's a former director of the CIA. Did he serve under President Obama, does it say, uh, when, when his years were? I'll look him up. Yes. Look him, look him up there. Yeah. Well, when we talk about the deep state mm -hmm. and the thinking of the Washington elite, this is what we're talking about. This yes. fella here. Mm-hmm. Former CIA director, was he under Obama? He, According to the internet where you can't publish anything that isn't true, he right. served under uh, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. Okay, what years? Uh, 99 to 2005. He had a six-year tenure. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I don't remember much about him, but he said he, he 
he agreed with a British journalist. What now, Fred? Uh, that he agreed. The journalist said, do you agree with this uh, contention that Republicans were more nihilistic and dangerous than extremist groups and dictatorships around the world? Now, I had to look up nihilistic and the definition of that is rejecting all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. Really? He, he, so this fellow he, here is saying he, that this former CIA director is saying that describes a Republican Party. Yes. That, that, that well, describes, there you go. We've gone from basket of deplorables to you're an extremist group. And, right. You know, and according to Obama, people who cling to their religion and their guns. Yes. So... But th- this this <clears throat> this is a almost total um, plan. This is the game plan of the left right now. Whether it's the media, whether it's the Democratic Party, we must paint Trump and we must paint uh, anybody who supports him as extremist. It goes to what Liz Cheney is saying. I'm going to do everything possible to keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. I have that audio. Of, of Liz saying yeah. this much. Uh, she lost Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Badly. Badly in a uh, Republican primary mm-hmm. uh, for Congress. She's the incumbent, Liz. Correct. Cheney, but she, she got soundly defeated because she agreed to serve on Nancy Pelosi's January 6th mm-hmm. committee. Uh, that's And then so basically she, seemed as, she is seen by many Republicans as siding with the the uh, unfair persecution, if you can, I don't know if you can have fair persecution. Right. <laughs> Un, uh, the the persecution, political persecution of President Trump and people who supported him. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So do you have this? Well, who, who yes. are we about to hear? Yeah, it's a montage. It begins with NBC personality Savannah Guthrie of today, and she asks Cheney, are you going to run for president? And in her response to that, Cheney talks about the importance of keeping Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. The soundbite you're also going to hear, uh, it's going to end with reaction from Laura Trump talking about Cheney running for president. Clip one. Are you thinking about running for president? It is something that I, uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. I will be doing whatever it takes to keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. Well, I- Why would she think that any American wants to elect her? She has proven that if she is sent to Washington, D.C., she will only pursue a personal vendetta against Donald Trump. She will not be doing work to help, I don't know, the rampant inflation in our country, right. bring down gas prices, close our open southern border, things that Americans would want to focus on things that Wyoming folks wanted her to focus on. Uh, look, there's no way she's going to win if she runs for president, but she's allowed to give it a shot in America. Let's see. I would say she's a candidate if that's what she is for without a party. Yeah. Huh? Because uh, obviously she's not welcome in the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and that and she's too conservative to be in the Democrat Party. So maybe she's the next uh, Ross Perot. She, she, I'll uh, try not to do my parade. Yeah, I, I, was yeah, I was thinking that. that is, second sound. That, that yeah. is very interesting that you say that, Tim, because I was doing Bishop Jackson's show yesterday and was chatting with Gary Bauer, Campaign for Working Families. And I asked, okay, what's behind this? And he offered this as a possibility. Liz Cheney knows that she's not going to be president of the United States. However, as you heard her say, she'll do everything possible to keep Donald Trump 
from being president. One possible scenario is kind of the Ross Perot thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Come in there, and she has said she'd like to put together a coalition of Republicans, Democrats, and independents and get her name on the ticket in 2024 in the hopes of dividing the conservative vote to the point that we would have a re-election yeah. of Joe Biden. Well, I don't think I don't think I don't think there's any hope for that happening. For for, for what she says, uh, I don't think there's any hope for her being a candidate for uh, a successful candidate for president. But you're say, you're right. You're saying that's not that would not be her objective. Her objective would be to keep President Trump, former President Trump, from being mm-hmm. uh, the Republican candidate. For a white for the White House in 2024. Yep. You know, I was thinking back. You know, four years is a long time. When President Trump was in office from what 16, 16 to, to 20. 16 to 20. Mm-hmm. And now, when I say this, I I am a person who voted for him twice, <laughs> and I supported mm-hmm. his policies, and and you know, for the most part, I. Maybe rarely would, would I disagree with what President Trump stood for while he was president of the United States. But that being said, I was trying to think back what he, these Democrats and these liberal media types, they keep and, and people like Liz Cheney, they keep saying that President Trump is a threat to democracy. <laughs> yeah. And I was trying to think back, what did he actually do, the president, when in office that that was so egregious that would that would qualify him as a threat to democracy. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Huh? The answer is nothing. Actually, he didn't legislatively, just like Obama, mm-hmm. uh, and just like Biden is experiencing now. He was not able to accomplish much of anything. President Trump wasn't legislatively. Right. The, the tax co- cuts thing is the tax the landmark. tax cut thing that he did mm-hmm. uh, and deregulation that he did. Uh, you know, the first year through the uh, reconciliation, I won't get into the boring details of how that works, but mm-hmm. that doesn't require but a majority uh, of a vote of, of senators and congressmen to pass, and the Republicans had a majority. But uh, no president has been able to do anything, hardly at all, legislatively. So it wasn't, so that being said, there, there wasn't anything that the president, Trump, did that was a quote, threat to democracy. Um, only, uh, he negotiated trade agreements, his administration did, namely with, with China and, and restructuring NAFTA. He, uh, you know, basically had a, an, a, a international policy where he tried to get NATO to, uh, the NATO countries to pay their fair share. Hmm. You remember that? Oh, that yeah. was a, mm-hmm. he, uh, Took out one of the chief terrorists from Iran uh, mm-hmm. with the with Soleimani. A, Soleimani. He did that. He appointed uh, judges, uh, which is the prerogative of whoever the president that is. That will be his lasting legacy. Federal think, judges, yeah. and he appointed three Supreme Court justices uh, that were all conservative. But that wasn't a shock. He he was a, he said that's what he was going to do. Tried to secure our southern border. Yes, he yes he, he and he did. Yeah, as best he could. He. And the Democrats kept him from uh, building a wall. They don't want a wall built to, to protect the southern border. Democrats don't want a wall, so they stopped him there. But he still, he did everything he can, negotiating with 
Mexico to have people remain in Mexico who were trying to get into our country until they could have their hearings, their asylum hearings, if they qualified for that. So I'm, I'm just trying to think, what did he ever do that, uh, that makes him a threat to democracy as if he can, as if he could declare himself the King of America and not have to answer and, and forever be, you know what I'm saying? Now, I guess maybe they would say challenging the, uh, election results. That yes. was, that was a threat to democracy. Yeah. Well, no, he went through the legal process. He, now he was unsuccessful mm-hmm. through his attorneys mm-hmm. all over the country in the challenges that he made to the legitimacy of the voting in, in various states. Uh, but, but, you know, he has a right, just like uh, any candidate would have the right to challenge. Uh, who, challenge who challenged George W. Bush in 2000, the election results? Oh, Gore. Al Gore, a, he dem- did, a he Democrat. Did, he did the same thing. He went to court. Yeah, is that a threat to democracy? No, of course not. Yeah. So, so I think, they, uh, this is, I know people are going, well, Shazam, Tim, you just figuring this one out? No, but I'm just trying to look at this and say, where, where's this coming from? This is coming from a hatred for conservatives. Yes. And for conservative government ideology. That's, that's what this is really all about. And they just use president Trump because he is a lightning rod. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brings some of that on himself. We all know that he can, mm-hmm. he can ramp up the mm-hmm. rhetoric sometimes, which just infuriates the liberals. Yeah. And then, and and some of us look at that and we laugh because <laughs> it's sometimes funny to see mm-hmm. shouting the, at the sky the, the, the liberals with their hair on fire. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But uh, because they're so used to getting their way mm-hmm. on everything. Yeah. Go ahead. But uh, you know, probably not telling our listeners anything they don't know. But you're going to hear that phrase, threat to democracy. Oh, over, yeah. That's over, their mantra. Over. Not only not only the Democrats, but the mainstream media. Dick Cheney said it. Threat yeah. to democracy. Threat, threat to, to democracy. democracy. And I'm going, threat to democracy, yeah. I mean, you may not like him as a president. You may not like his personality. But he's not a th- threat to democracy. No. Nope. I mean, I, where do you get that from? I wish that would. I wish they would have to explain that and give some detail. That's a very serious accusation. But but because when you live in the echo chamber of the liberal media, <laughs> and they don't they they you never have to answer that question. What do you mean? Well, Biden said that about Trump threat yes. to democracy. And yes. I want to say, well, President Biden, uh, give us three things that President Trump has done that is a threat to democracy. I bet he couldn't name them. No, nope. they just. That's their talking point, and it's uh, it's not challenged uh, on the, uh, the liberal media. Well, let's remember, too, uh, there was uh, kind of uh, alluding to threat to democracy when these parents showed up in Loudoun County last year. In Virginia. You remember the Attorney General of the United States? Yeah, we got to watch out for those extremists showing mm-hmm. up at school board meetings. Yeah. So, so it's all part of a plan. It really is. Well, all, yes, and all part, and also the when they say things like Trump and Republicans and his supporters are a threat to democracy, mm-hmm. then there, the, the, then the uh, then the therefore, mm-hmm. therefore we have a right to uh, go after them. Yes, put them in prison to for- use the FBI or yeah. the Justice Department or yeah. the IRS. Yes, or any one of the other thousand three-letter agencies we can we we're we we 
the establishment, Washington elite, globalists are entitled, are, are, are very righteous to go after these people mm-hmm. because they're a, quote, threat to democracy. Yep. Don't you, that's where this is headed. Right? Absolutely. That's why they keep saying uh, this is a dangerous time for America. Uh, I'm talking about the, the, the Justice Department and others. President Trump said that too, but for different reasons. Yes. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. My father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. When Johnny Bell was hired by the U.S. Postal Service, he was offered a salary of a buck 81 cents an hour. That was more than 70 years ago when a postage stamp cost about three cents. Mr. Bell is still on the job, delivering the mail in Oklahoma City, and at the age of 93, he now holds the distinction of being America's longest-serving and oldest mailman. The great-grandfather says he likes working eight hours a day, keeps his mind operating. Mr. Bell told Channel 9 News that all these years later, he still has the same job and the same wife. His co-workers threw a party to honor his big anniversary. After a slice of cake, he went right back to work. Neither rain, nor snow, nor heat, nor gloom of night will keep Mr. Bell from his appointed rounds, and neither will old age. Be sure to get a copy of my book, Culture Jihad. It's available at your favorite bookstore and toddsterns.com. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians 2.9, American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the radio program, Today's Issues on American Family Radio. If you want to watch the show, go to YouTube or Facebook. Uh, if you want to use those platforms, Today's Issues, just type in Today's Issues. However, if you want to use ours, that is AFA, AFR's uh, platform, we now live video stream our own shows. Uh, it takes you about one minute to sign up, and then you don't have to sign up every day, just one time. And you can have access to all our shows that we live video stream here throughout the day on American Family Radio and a lot of other content uh, as well. Um, Brent, what are, Brent Creeley, our producer, Brent, what do people need to do to access our streaming platform? Go to streaming.afa.net. That is streaming.afa.net. And yes. they can just create an account and... There they are and be able to watch our shows. As I said yesterday, don't type in screaming.afa.net <laughs> because I think that's a horror movie, uh, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken. No, I don't know that. Uh, uh, all right, so Fred, Tim, and Chris, so we're here today. Ed and Ray have the day off, and tomorrow's Trivia Friday. Hey, before we get to our guests real quickly, you've been hearing about it on American Family Radio. We've got our March Holy Land trip scheduled and uh the world is normal to travel to israel there is no covid shot requirement there's no testing at the airport or prior to going so hopefully those days are long gone never to return i don't think anybody's interested in even the governments most governments are not interested in returning to those days certainly not travelers or travel agencies so all you need is a suitcase and a passport to travel with a, well, deodorant would be helpful too and toothpaste, but, uh, all those things. Uh, if you want to travel with us to Israel in March, generally speaking, it's nice weather and uh, we'll be, uh, all together. Uh, most people on the trip, most all people on the trip are like-minded who, uh, well, all, all of them are like-minded. They love the Lord. And a lot of them support our ministry, so we'll have that in common. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, good food, good fellowship, and and you get to see where where the where the, where the Bible comes to life. All right, so uh, go to twholyland.com if you want information on that March trip. twholyland.com, twholyland.com. A lot of folks are signing up, so we'll run out of seats probably in the next month. I'm guessing months. Month to two months, we'll be out of seats uh, for this trip. So check it out if you're interested in going with us. Well, Fred, you want to welcome our guest who's in studio? Absolutely. Well, most people know that about a year ago in Virginia, there was a political earthquake uh, that occurred there. Uh, went from being a deep blue state to a very conservative red state. And one of the big reasons was that parents found out what their kids were being taught in school. It shocked them so much that they say, we have to do something about that. And uh, one of those people that was very involved with that is our, our guest, Tim. Her name is She Van Fleet, and uh, she's an authority when it comes to wokeism and Marxism uh, that's being taught in our schools because uh, she came from China. She joins us in studio. She Van Fleet. 
Great to have you with us. Thank you so much. Yes. To invite me. Now you you live in where where do you live? Uh, Loudoun County. Loudoun County, Virginia, yeah. which is that just north of DC? North of DC, yes. Northwest of DC. Northwest of DC. That uh, tell us your background. Yeah, I um, I was born in China, grew up in China, spent my first twenty six years in China, Mao's China. So I had first hand experience of living under communism and uh, indoctrination. How'd you get out? Um, when Mao died. Ma- they, Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong, about, yes, the, Mao Zedong. The legendary communist dictator. Yes, dictator, who, who murderer, ma- murderer. Murderer, killed yes. millions of Chinese, yes. Her, yeah. Uh, so after he died, the uh, Cultural Revolution he launched that lasted for 10 years, ended. And uh, so Deng Xiaoping, got into power and he want because China was already in total ruins and there's just no way around that he need help. So he decided to open up China and as part of that process, uh, I was able to get a scholarship from uh, American University and come here legally. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, 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 when, when was this? What year? 1986. 1986. So you're saying uh, the communist uh, dictatorship had left China in economic ruin. The new uh, dictator, mm-hmm. right? Xi Jinping, yeah. but, 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 but he realized he needed to do something to open up the country, so he started trading with the U.S., right? Oh, yes, Deng Xiaoping, yes. Yes, and mm-hmm. so uh, we remember when that happened, uh, trading with the United States, economic mm-hmm. uh, relationships and so forth. So it opened up a chance for some Chinese to uh, students to come to America to study. And you said you went to American University? Yes. No, I, I went to a, a Western Kentucky University. Okay. And because um, uh, there's something called American University yeah. proper. I said, but you're, 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 yeah. you were talking about a, a university in the mm-hmm. U.S., which was Western Kentucky. Yeah. Was that a culture shock for you there? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Huh? Uh, yes. Because there's a lot of rednecks in uh western kentucky i have no clue much much like (laughs) i say that affectionately because there's much much like we are i know i know in in, in mississippi and uh i met my husband uh there so my roots is in uh, western kentucky yeah yeah i consider that my second hometown paducah owensboro uh Uh, uh, bowling green bowling green yeah okay Where the Corvette Museum yes, is, right? Yes. Drove through there recently. <clears throat> yeah. okay. okay, so 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 you met your husband, you stayed here, and so move us up now to your uh, story about what happened in uh, Loudoun County. Yeah. Tell us what we need to know about that. Oh well, um, I I have to go back a little bit. Go you ahead. Know, after I come but, here, you know, I said this is a dreamland, and uh, I have to do something to achieve my American dream. So I studied, get my degree, get a job, get married. Bought a house and uh, had built a family and uh, and I this was in just the 80s? This in the 80s? Ninety eight, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, 90s, uh, many 90s, 90s, and, okay. uh, yeah, and uh, I paid no attention to politics and uh, and I did not even understand what was really going on. This is America; nothing can go wrong, right? Right. Um, until probably 15 some years ago, I start to see troubling signs. And that remind me of the Cultural Revolution that I experienced, uh, the political correctness. It started kind of mild that, you know, you don't call someone blind, you call visually challenged or whatever. And I thought, well, Americans are nice people. They want to be nice. Right. But soon enough, that you can't see this, you can't see that. Mm-hmm. 
in my uh, uh, workplace, and the people, conservative people, just remain quiet. They're not to say anything. And then the people on the other side, they're free to say anything. Not only that, they're free to call people uh, who they disagree with as racist, bigot, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the, in the, also I noticed that I have to say, I love America so much. It gave me everything. And I start to see the young people bashing America or shame to be American. Mm. And I said, this is wrong. This something is really wrong. But it was not until 2020 when I see the riots, when right. I see the people that are uh, burning our cities and terrorizing our communities. I said, that's it. That's not warning signs. That's that's after full blowing communist revolution. Mm. We're talking yeah. to we're talking to she Van Fleet from Loudoun County, Virginia. Uh, XI is uh, her uh, how her her Chinese. Uh, Can I say a few things about XI? It's pronounced she. That's the god the uh, assigned gender to me, and it's she. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Very good. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she's with us here in studio. Uh, visiting us here in Tupelo, uh, and uh, we appreciate her coming in the studio and sharing her story. Okay, so you noticed uh, you escaped uh, Chinese and, and became a legal citizen, married an American, and uh, then you began to notice the similarities between what had happened in communist China and what was happening in the United States in terms of the thought police, the speech police, uh, what was... Uh, what we used to be called politically correct, which is now called wokeism, mm-hmm. and the social pressures that come with that. Even people can even get, people are even fired from their jobs a lot of times if they don't toe the line on uh, on the uh, the quote per secular progressive ideology. So, what happened specifically uh, in uh, that got you involved in in your home county there in uh, Virginia Loudoun County? Because most of our listeners followed what happened there because it was a national story. Yeah. Um, so it, it is in 2020 that I just feel like this is it. This is not something that I can just say, I worried about it. Now I have to do something. So I did not know where to start. So I listened to podcasts and, and the YouTube uh, 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 shows. And one day I was listening to Dan Bongino. Mm. And he said, you got to get involved. I said, yeah, yeah, I do. How? And he said, you got to get involved and join the local Republican committee. I said, okay. I stopped right there and I Googled. And the Loudoun County Republican Committee. I said, okay, now I know what to do. So I called them and, uh, and I joined them and I become uh, a prison captain. First time in my life. Become a what? Prison captain. Precinct, Precinct. Yeah. captain. I thought you said a prison captain. <laughs> I was going to. We were right back in China here. Uh, no, a, no, a, yeah. A, 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 I'm interpreting yeah. for a lot of people Absolutely. listening right now. I know. But uh, you have great English. Don't misunderstand mm-hmm. me. But uh, that word okay. there, precinct chairman. I got captain. you, captain. Uh, captain, not chairman yet. All right, you're a captain. But, but anyway, so and I participated in the uh, um, um, 2020. Um, Election and gotcha. giving out uh, the uh, um, uh, flyer, uh, not flyer, the uh, sample uh, ballot, and I said that's not enough. And then I started 
to talk to other people, they say you should join this club. This is uh, uh, called a Virginia um, Republican Women's Club. There, a bunch of women that are very active. So I said, okay, I joined that. Within like a weeks, I got email <clears throat> and uh, and said go and uh, to the school board and speak out against. Uh, um, whatever you disagree. So I said, well, I don't have children in uh, school anymore. The, they told me it doesn't matter. Go there. I said, I know exactly what I want to say. So I went there. And I, and I spoke against the CRT. Why CRT? Because it's very familiar to me. Critic, up, critical race theory. Yes, mm -hmm. critical race theory. Uh, it's familiar to me because I live through something similar. And that's division. Mao divided. China into two camps, two classes. One is red, one is uh, black. Uh, red are the allies of the uh, uh, communist revolution. Uh, black, supposedly, were the land-owning and property-owning class. And they already abolished them. They, their property, their land were confiscated. And uh, there's no such class exists anymore. But they need enemies they need division so what they say if you uh if you are born into uh landowner parents you're black mm -hmm. class so then you are the enemy of the state so the division continued and then later they in they expanded anyone who they uh, uh disagreed or just stepped out of the line were labeled counter-revolutionary rightist whatever black class. So you were the enemy of the state. And so growing up, we all know the children, because you know, I was in school, who were the black class children. We're supposed to hate them because they are the enemy. Again, you're not talking racially black. You're talking about the, the chi communist Chinese government had labeled people who opposed them, uh, quote, black, and the people who supported them Red, red, mm -hmm. and they were dividing the, the country yeah. uh, by class. By class, yeah. Uh, thus, we get the expression "red China," right? Yeah. Yes, the, yes. Communist China. So uh, you had seen, you had seen. So the critical race theory, which mm -hmm. divides uh, uh, people in, in America, divides people, you know, up by race, and and uh, there's the white devil man mm -hmm. who. <laughs> That's my words. I this know. is the way they express yeah. who, who is the uh, oppressor, mm -hmm. by, by, by nature, by virtue of his skin color, and the uh, victims are non-whites, uh, namely uh, blacks and browns, mm -hmm. and so uh, that it, it promotes. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Critical race theory, you've studied. I have studied it. Mm -hmm. Promotes animosity. Yes. And division and mm -hmm. rancor. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we see what happened in was it. Minneapolis, when they said, oh, yes, white teachers uh, should be fired first mm -hmm. the other day. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. the craziest thing I've ever seen. But, uh, but that kind of thing, it yes, promotes that yes, kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So you you saw that. So you went to speak at the Loudoun County School yeah. Board mm -hmm. uh, on critical race theory because they had adopted it mm -hmm. or were going to adopt it as well, a curriculum? They denied it, but they have been practicing it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So how were you received? Um, yeah, I um, I thought I'd just go and do my duty, and uh, and right. it's, it's a local event, right. and I had got a lot of applause, and uh, and I thought that's it, right? I just and Fox News called the following day. I said, Oh no, no, I know this is a big decision. 
this means I go public and I put myself on in the right. uh, national spotlight. That I was really kind of like, oh my God. Because in 2020, 2021, we saw so many conservatives being uh, targeted. Being, right. Uh, yeah. You, you, did, you didn't like that idea. <laughs> I mean, so you had it. So, but did you you went ahead with the interview on? I did. Who, who'd you do an interview at, with on um, Fox News? And the first is uh, uh, Fox dot com. It's an article, okay. and then it's Hannity. And uh, and and it did take me a while to make the decision because, uh, tell you the truth, I was scared. Sure. No, I, I understand. Scared. Yeah. But then I said, "This is not about me. It's not about me. It's about this country that I love so much. So if I want to save it." I just have to go right. ahead. So, I so you went on Sean Hannity's show. Yeah. And after that, well, you know, after that, it's uh, it's just history. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just I get calls. I get invited to speak uh, in different events and interviews and documentaries. And this is my mission. My mission is to tell American this is communism taking over of this country. Wow. And it. First, people are still kind of shy using the, the word communism and the code Marxism and say this is communism. Yeah. I know it because I experienced it. That's I right. experienced both, so I know. Yes. You, you, can, you, can, you can cheat me once, but not twice. <clears throat> well, the, and one of the ways to establish communism, and I know some people listening going, comparing the United States to modern-day communist China, that's a bit of a stretch. But what you're saying is we're Tactics. on we're, we're we're on the same path. Yes, yeah, same path. And and one of the ways that you're able to uh, establish a communistic government and Marxism, in addition to conditioning the people psychologically through this things like critical race theory and dividing us, they want to centralize power, which is what communism does. That's why they always say, you know. Out of Beijing, is it Beijing where Beijing, the where yeah. the government? Anyway, uh, they want to say, well, uh, centralized power in Washington D.C. Take away, take it aw- as much as possible. Take away the rights of the people uh, in the states, and and just garner more and more power to the centralized government. Yes, and that's that's really what progress- that's really what progressivism yeah. wants to do. Exactly, it's all about power. People just don't be. Uh, it's it's. They never come and tell you we do all this because uh, we want power. No, they do they all this is yeah. because for the greater mm-hmm. good of uh, of the society. Sure. Yes, and, and as we were just talking about, they describe those who are opposed to Marxism. This is really interesting. They describe those people as a threat to democracy. I just, I was listening to it. I said, I love that when you were talking about the threat to democracy. What democracy yes. that, uh, that was under threat? Yeah. That's the mob rule. Yes. They, Ma- w- yeah, when they want power, that's what Mao did. Yes. They unleashed the mobs. Those mobs were the red guards. Mm-hmm. And today they're doing the same. Yes. They unleash the American ro- uh, mob um, mobs, red guards. Mm-hmm. They are the Antifa, BMM, and the Wokesters. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> Wokesters. But, yeah. <laughs> but when you challenge their power, then you are insur- insurrectionist, you are a terrorist, yes. you are racist, you are just whatever. <clears throat> a threat that, to democracy. That is Mao's logic. Yes. And they are using everything that Mao used 
It's from yeah. the same playbook, yeah. Marxist playbook. You must you must be concerned also about what's happening to our news media in this country. Yeah. Because they just keep repeating the same thing yeah. as, as the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So in the, in China, of course, everything's under the control of the CCP, yes. uh, the Chinese Communist Party, everything. Right. Definitely uh, media, and uh, it's called mouthpiece. They just open this. That's the mouthpiece of the party. Yes. Absolutely. And, um, and they control education, and that's what's happening here. Yes. We're, talk- we're talking to Xi... Uh, Van Fleet, uh, uh, she is joining us. She's from Loudoun County, Virginia. She was uh, made national news when she went on Sean. Well, when she went on Sean Hannity on Fox, that's when it, her exposure exploded across the country because she grew up in communist Chinese in communist China, uh, came to America in the nineties, and uh, was able to. Uh, uh, you know, attended uh, Western Kentucky University mm-hmm. and then also marry an American. So because she became a citizen and uh, and now is speaking out on what she sees as the trends happening in our country, which reflect what happened in her country in terms of communist takeover. Chris, you had a question? I for- did. First, I have shared links to Fox News and Newsmax articles about you as well as uh, Sean Hannity's uh, tweets about you. Uh, so people watching us on Facebook can get on our Facebook feed and, and uh, get those links. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, a lot of people are kind of concerned about and fed up with the public school system, and so they've pursued other avenues for education, private schools, homeschooling, Christian schools, what have you. But we've had people on this program say that even CRT is creeping into the alternatives. So what is your advice to a parent or a grandparent listening right now as to what they should do to make sure their kid's not being fed a bunch of garbage. Yes, you're right, that uh, everything is controlled, meaning even if you have uh, uh, school choice, where do you get your teachers? You get teachers from Marxist college and universities trained by Marxist professors, yes. So it's it's an issue. And uh, 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 homeschool is really a good solution, but mm-hmm. it is not very practical practical for many families. And I just let you know that in China, homeschool is banned. No, it's illegal. You can't. You have to go to government schools. <laughs> so to me, at this po- point, we're fighting wars in many, many fronts. We have to take back our education system. We have to expose those Marxist professors. And uh, um, But the family is now the only one really to uh, to teach the value and uh, what 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 happened with Loudoun County as a result of you speaking there about cult, uh, critical race theory uh, and and other problems that uh, what what, ha- what was the result did they change the board uh, did they did well, they reject CRT or is that still going on the result is that we put Glenn Youngkin yeah, the new governor. The new governor, and he banned CRT uh, or the teaching of CRT. The first. Were you surprised day. that he he? Well, the Republic, Oh my God! I was the, the Republicans swept all three state races. There, that was it, it. Was kind of a shock to the country because uh, I did uh, not. Uh, I worked the whole day um, on the um, um, the election day to hand out. It was a raining cold day to hand out uh, the uh, the uh, sample ballot. 
I did not want to watch the news because I was so, so, so worried that we won't win. And oh my God, we we're just so happy. But this is what I really want Americans to understand. That's only the first step. He can change the local, um, the local school board, right? He can't just force them to think differently. Right. And so now we have two seats open that for 2022. And uh, there are Republicans uh, um, are racing uh, on the school board. Yeah, on the school board. Mm-hmm. This is we have everything has to be local, local to the as local school board, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it, it it's not going to be a fa- quick fa- a fix. Mm-hmm. Or you put the governor there, you put Trump back in White House. But that is we, a start. That does help. a start. Yeah. Yes, but we still have to fight at the local level. We have to detox. They already indoctrinated mind, and we have to stop. The have you have you have you written on this? Uh, I mean, there's what would you recommend people do who are listening to us right now who want to uh, understand what you're talking about better? Uh, well, it's coming. I'm writing a book. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm writing. I'm working on the book to make the comparison of. Uh, what happening in China mm-hmm. and what's going on here. And when people see that, they understand this is communism taking over. When's the book coming out? I don't know, but uh, I think uh, uh, early next year. Good. I've been working so hard on it. Let me, uh, our own Miki Addison did an excellent talk on critical race theory. And I just, uh, you can go actually to YouTube. They've still got it up now. Mm-hmm. Now that I mentioned it, they'll probably take it down. It's on our streaming platform as well. There you go. Miki, M-E-E-K-E, Addison, A-D-D-I-S-O-N. She uh, and Will, her husband, do airing the Addisons each afternoon here on AFR. But she's given an excellent talk on critical race theory that explains it very well. So just uh, You can go to our streaming service or type... Miki Addison, Critical Race Theory, and you can watch it there. Thank you, She. Appreciate you being on Thank with you. us. Thank we'll you. be back Thank in five minutes. Thank you so much. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.